Genre. Welcome back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where here we go again, analyzing and celebrating (laughs) Spider-Man 3, one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Zach Luna. Um, That was funny, Scott. You started (laughs) us off with a funny one. Now we're we're in business. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, we're we're back, guys. We're back. New season, new movie, Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, a a film that is... um, uh, notorious, I think, is the only uh, the only way I could describe. Yeah, yeah. It. maybe uh, maybe JJ would call it infamous. Yeah, but yeah, it's a uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's got a reputation, but um, yeah. I think it's gonna make for fun conversations. Regardless. I think so too. I yeah. think so too. But uh, speaking of uh, fun conversations, uh, today <laughs> we're talking about minute one, which begins as they all have with uh with the torch igniting on the columbia logo and yeah. um and ends as they all have with the credit for toby Maguire. <laughs> we're in familiar territory with our minute ones yeah uh, once again here the yeah. timing the timing is uh is uh basically uh on point it's it's yeah it's, it's the same in minute one this this is going to switch up considerably uh through the rest of the week because there are a lot more credits on this one than the other two yeah, um, yeah. Uh, okay. Enough, enough that like usually our credits are done by minute three, but this time like we have credits through like halfway through minute four. Yeah, um, through week one. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's 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 more credits. What's a bigger movie? It was at the time like the the biggest production kind of period in terms mm-hmm. of uh, money spent and uh, employees and whatnot. I mean, mm-hmm. this was this was huge. Yeah. Uh, a ginormous production. Yeah, uh, estimated uh, production budget two hundred and fifty-eight million dollars, which is uh, a lot. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, two hundred fifty-eight million dollars. That is, I believe, like around the budget of like Captain America: Civil War. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which you know, uh, uh, like comparing the two, it's like where did all the money go? Um, well, the, the, well, that's also you know, Captain America: Civil War is like what two thousand fifteen dollars. Yeah. Like, you know, early two thousands numbers. This was like thirty million shy of the budget of all three Lord of the Rings films put together. Yeah. For this one movie. Yeah. Like it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely yeah. definitely a lot uh yeah it's interesting it is very interesting because i mean the thing is yeah. like yes captain america civil war is uh basically the same budget mm-hmm. as as this one but it has uh you know they 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 stretch their dollar more because it's not like the the that cast wasn't getting paid i mean yeah <laughs> i mean yeah they weren't getting paid a lot uh but but um obviously robert downey jr was because he was out of contract by that point right um but uh you know they're very smart with 
smart but unkind with how they pay their, with their actors. budgeting yeah, <laughs> yeah. With the budgeting um but but you know you you definitely see uh you know mostly every dollar on display um in, yeah. in civil war whereas here it really is like they they kind of just renegotiate their contracts with their actors every time and um you know i would i would argue that uh the actors were uh, maybe just a smidge overpaid on the on the uh, yeah, on the front yeah. end on the front end yeah. yeah on the front end for sure on yeah. the front end um that is a little overpaid i would say uh yeah on the front the, end they could have they could have gotten a similar payday with some like back end points or something like that yeah i mean this movie made tons of money so tons which is yeah. which which is um important to note because uh spider-man 2 financially was kind mm-hmm. of a disappointment Bonkers, um, and people forget that. But it's yeah. the it is the it is the one with the lowest box office return uh, of the three films. Um, wow. Spider Man Three has the highest box office return, uh, grossing uh, nearly nine hundred million worldwide. Yeah, uh, which was insane, insanely successful. This movie. Yeah. Um. And uh. And and Spider Man Two. Um, you know, didn't, didn't quite reach the, 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 um, quite reach the heights of the first film, uh, right. which, which is uh, mind boggling looking back on it. Yeah. Um, there's almost a sort of like revisionary history that we have where people are like, okay, what was the general feel about those movies? I assume that translates into their literal direct financial success so people are like yeah we like the first one the second one that's the best and then the third blah. but it's all of those positions are wrong in terms of how successful the films were mm-hmm. you know exactly that middle of the pack was the first wait <laughs> yeah middle of the pack was the first one bottom was the second one and this was the the top money mic it's still the top money maker in the spider-man franchise more so than uh no Any. no 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 right got it no, got to correct you venom, oh, no. venom is number one <laughs> venom is number one uh, damn it <laughs> all right in films that have the word spider-man in the title that's I'll true say that at least <laughs> that is true. uh yeah so um i mean the thing about it i mean look it's all it's all sort of relative but like this one made uh 890 million dollars worldwide the mm-hmm. first film made eight hundred and twenty-one million worldwide, and mm-hmm. Spider-Man Two uh, only, uh, air quotes, uh, yeah. <laughs> only made seven hundred and eighty uh, million. Wow! Uh, so yeah. it was uh, it was definitely definitely the lowest. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know, and 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 well, so I will say it looks like you know as far as box office return on investment. Uh, mm-hmm. the, nothing beat the first Spider-Man. That makes sense. Um, because it only cost 140 million, made 820. Uh, Spider-Man Two cost 200 million, returned uh 783. Uh, mm. and then this one costing 258 million, uh, and probably really cost more than that. That's just the estimated. Um, yeah. Uh, only, only made 890, which is the most money total, but the the I think the least amount of um of uh return. Diff- yeah, return on investment. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean this is a I'm, part of the reason I'm excited to dive into the season is just that I feel like this movie is a step along the path of the 
getting us to where we are today with the current crop of superhero movies that people like to not look at, that they like to pretend didn't happen or yeah. wasn't a thing. Yeah. And I think there's some counterintuitive stuff going on with uh, our assumptions about why it works, why it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. This minute itself, not a whole lot going on, obviously, because it's right. the, yeah, the title sequence. Uh, I guess maybe it's worth just like, talking again about who makes these title yeah. sequence things that they have. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very curious about this one because um, it's, it's the least imaginative. Yes. Uh, by, by a large factor. Yeah. Say. Yeah. Of the three, this is definitely the least imaginative. It actually, I would argue it plays more like a, uh, a mid credit sequence, like mid credit scene. Or mid, not mm. scene sequence, yeah, mid, yeah. mid credit sequence, like the the like sequence, the end of a movie, yeah, right, the end of the movie before the crawl starts, yeah. um, uh, you know the the thing in between the end of the movie and the mid credit sequence in uh, Marvel movies, right, uh, mid <laughs> mid credit scene, um, yeah, yeah, it it plays more like that, I think. Uh, yeah. Then, because it's it's very much like starring your favorites, Tobey <laughs> Maguire. Like it, it it's remember it's, them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's real weird. And then it it like features like actors who aren't in this movie because they're like doing like a previously on. It's very strange. Um, yeah. Strange. It's, it's, strange and, and bland and, and and boring choice. I think. Yeah. It's it's so much less interesting than the the other two. Or or even you know if you go back to our um, credits episodes of the last two seasons there were weird behind the scenes stories about both of those credit sequences um about and this guy kyle cooper who's a head of prologue films and imaginary forces uh you know famous title designer that got big because he did the seven credits that everybody went crazy for back in the day and you know whereas with the first two movies there were like yeah, you know, I I chopped up all of these old comic books and assembled them into like these weird uh, montage images, or I spent months making a, a <laughs> what do you call it? a stop motion animated spider attacking an octopus and things like that. Just crazy things. By the time they got around to this one, they had a set uh, approach to the way these looked, and they didn't want to to deviate from that. But at least in the last one, they went and did those beautiful Alex Ross paintings. But in in dis- in talking with Kyle Cooper, because it is the same designer who did these, like that that guy who did all that imaginative weird stuff in the first two films and everything prior to that, did these credits as well. And one thing that I that I found in listening to some of the producers' commentaries, talking back and forth, was that there was a big discussion with Sam and Laura Ziskin about worrying that people would not be totally up to date with the uh, emotional stakes of the relationships coming into the movie that so much of this movie we're about to jump into is about peter and harry and mj and like the various permutations of their relationship that they had that sam wanted to make sure people remembered that harry and mj have a history together Mm -hmm. and when they tried it with static images, uh, kind of like the last uh, uh, film they did, uh, Spider-Man 2, Laura Ziskin said that there wasn't enough um, emotional weight to it, like there's because there's more story now. Literally, in the first film, you're just introducing the concept of Spider-Man. You can be very abstract. In the second film, you're reminding people about what happened one movie ago. Mm-hmm. In this film, you're trying to remind them of two movies worth of story. And so functionally, they thought, it'll make more sense with moving clips. 
they're almost they almost play out like a like reaction gifts or something like that yeah and yeah like from, from what i can tell the worry what there and and that's the the key word here i think that where you end up with a less imaginative sequence is they were worried about people comprehending enough so they went for a safer safer choice here which is just previously on spider-man you know like they can dress it up however they want which is they had this like fragmented stuff going on and we'll have some cgi later in the week with weird um you know uh, textures and goop and sand and stuff but at the end of the day it's just a previously on because they wanted people to be uh caught up and so the the only thing i think that is interesting about it is which clips they selected because when they were talking when they're mentioning working with kyle cooper on this one it used to be months of it would be spent you know, sourcing the paintings or creating the background plates or months were spent uh, building out a weird practical version of the credits and then deciding that wasn't what they wanted and moving on to something else. In this one, they talk about months of just deciding which clips to use, that they would go back and forth over uh, weeks and weeks and weeks deciding which clips and how long that they, sh- they should use for this. Like that was the chief um, creative decision that they were worried about here. Uh, it just feels... Just feels bizarre, uh, and it, it already puts you sort of on your on your back foot going into it. I, again, I can see the logic of it. I can see where you were like, I want to make sure people like feel these feelings again, and that's most accessible with like a moving image, maybe because we're making a movie, but that they couldn't make a more innovative way to do that. Mm-hmm. And like we'll like I think we'll run into fairly often on this film we sort of only get delivered a company line of, yeah, we just decided the best way to do it would be blank and not any of the like candid uh, approach to things that they tried and failed and didn't work as Mm -hmm. in the previous films. I think there's, uh, in all of the stuff I've been looking into behind the scenes stuff, there's a reticence to even acknowledge any problems. Yeah. Um, And, and that's, I, I think that's how the, the we feel culturally about the movie as well. So, yeah, I don't know. The, the only interesting thing, I guess, timing-wise on this is that um, uh, Kyle Cooper, who designed these, this is the same year that the previous company he founded, Imaginary Forces, was uh, starting to do a, get a claim doing the Mad Men title sequence. Because um, Mad Men starts up 2007. And and his team at this, his new company, Prologue Films... Um, locked into this, and then they mostly just went off and did TV stuff after that. Right after this is when they start doing uh, the American Horror Story stuff and some of the Marvel movies, and then The Walking Dead. You're you're telling me that Mad Men premiered the same year as Spider Man Three? Yes, that yes. Is, Let's double check it. That is freaking me out. <laughs> like time is compressed. In very weird ways, but yeah, the premiere of Mad Men, like the pilot, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, was July 19th, 2007. What? So like a month after Spider-Man 3 came out. That is bizarre. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> I Spider-Man 3 is such a weird artifact because it doesn't belong in the year that it was released. And I think right. that that's like the main problem that people had with it is that I think... I think the whole world had collectively moved on from this type of movie Mm -hmm. uh, and were, you know, gearing up for uh, the big, you know, uh, one-two punch of of the Dark Knight and uh, Iron Man. 
yeah. uh, sort of changing the game. And because uh, uh, like uh, Spider-Man 2 came out prior to Batman Begins. Jesus. Yeah. 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 So like that was just a very different world that Spider-Man 2 came out and was successful in. And it's so funny to like say that like Spider-Man 2 is more successful than Spider-Man 3 because financially that's not the case. Right. But, right. But, uh, you know, a, creatively, I think I think, you know, most people, majority, 99 percent of people would probably agree that um Spider-Man 2 is more creatively successful than Spider-Man yeah. 3 uh, for, for a multitude of reasons. Um, but I, I think it's it's a lot of people like to dismiss it as like just sort of a fact. Like this is just true. Spider-Man 3 <laughs> is hot garbage. That's just right. true. Right. Yeah. And I think that it is much more nuanced than that, which is like kind of our theme that 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 is going to be uh, permeating this season, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is that Spider-Man Three is not as bad as you remember it. Uh, no. I think that there were other factors going into people's opinions of the movie, and it's not the thing that you know prequel defenders will say. Oh, you just think that the prequels are bad because people told you to think that. That's actually not what we're going to say. No, we're, no, no. We're actually going to say that there was di- a, a distinct disparity between what marketing was telling you this movie was going to be and what it actually was and where people, where, where movie viewers and specifically comic book movie viewers were, uh, uh, I don't know what you would say, emotionally, I don't know. Mm-hmm. By the time that this movie came out, everyone had collectively moved on from this type of comic book movie. They were ready for the next generation of comic book movie, and this was not it. This yeah. was a step backwards, it seemed, in the grand mm-hmm. scope of comic book movies. But in reality, this is just another chapter in the two movies that we already got. Right, yes. This is... I'm not saying it's as strong as the other two, but it's it's no. wholly of a piece with the other two. Yes. It is, there is no hard line break where nothing at all works the way it used to and none of the things are... It's, it's all the same type of storytelling. It's all the t- same type of scenes and approach to weird, goofy humor and whatnot. Right. It's all uh, cut from the same cloth. Yes. But, but we, expectations-wise, had... had not been expecting this. Right. I know that's really a dumb way and, to phrase it. And but it's not even it's not even expectations of this movie in particular. Right, right. It's like expectations the, of what this type of movie should be at, in 2007. Yeah. Yeah. Like two years after Batman Begins, we're not expecting movies to be like Spider-Man 3 anymore. Right. We're expecting them to be like The Dark Knight. Right. Because the thing, the thing about it is um, this movie's campy. And yes. So is Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2. Like they're they're all campy movies. Like they are. Um mm-hmm. they're not campy in the uh uh Batman and Robin sense. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not that far. They're not they're not a neon carnival, but <laughs> but but they are campy. Like these are these are movies that are like, man, this superhero stuff is really great but also pretty silly and people didn't want the second thing anymore. Right. Like, it, like it, we were so in, eager and enthused to have it treated with such, like, warm, loving care with the first two mm-hmm. that the, the aspect of, this is pretty silly, right, is sort of just swept up into it. But right. when we get to Spider-Man 3, culturally, it's like, well, we can take superheroes very seriously now. Yeah. 
like so seriously. Yeah. And that's not this. I mean, this, no. you know, we're, this, these are the movies where Doc Ock drops somebody and says, Butterfingers and, you know, yeah, Spider-Man. And, uh, uh, Peter decides, I'll get you next time, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Or Peter is debating whether or not to help some people. And the way that we show that visually is he chows down on a hot dog real intensely. Like, yeah. The, that's all those are in those movies yeah that's that's where we're in this is the type of storytelling we've been doing um but if you're expecting a darker serious take on spidey this isn't gonna be it no 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 because that's not what those <laughs> other movies were it, yeah. it has no business being that movie yeah. um and and unfortunately the marketing made it its business to be that kind of movie and yeah. i think that's the ultimate failure of this film is in its marketing the movie yeah. itself definitely has its issues and we're, I'm not, I'm not oh, suggesting yeah. that it doesn't. Um, and we're going to talk about all of those things, but this movie is not as bad as you remember it being. Definitely not. It plays better. Uh, partly just as a numbers game. I think it plays better these days watching, rewatching Spider-Man three, just because we've seen so many other superhero movies that like some that took themselves much too seriously. And you're yeah. like, Oh, that's dumb. Yeah. Uh, and some that like, tried to be silly but didn't quite work and then you watch this one and you're like hey this silly stuff is like really fun or and and i would argue that this movie would probably play like gangbusters in a trilogy screening like yeah if you watch all three of these movies in a row the disparity of quality isn't that far right right it's this is the sam raimi take on spider-man taken to Mm -hmm. this story conclusion i've yeah. Which makes me feel sad because it shouldn't be a conclusion, but um, it's all it, it's all there. That's why they made this like worrying decision in the credits to like do a previously on is that they they want you to remember your emotional investment in these mm-hmm. films. Mm-hmm. And if there was a three year break from last time you saw it, and people weren't really doing DVDs a whole lot and whatnot, you know, the how deeply this movie cares about these characters might not land the way it should if you've got a big break in between them. Mm-hmm. But it, that doesn't mean that it's coming from a cheesy, dumb place. Mm-hmm. That means it's coming from the Sam Raimi place. And it's a fun place. It yeah. really is. It is. Like, this isn't the only... This doesn't have to be the only cinematic version of Spidey anymore. This doesn't have to be the only cinematic version of Venom <laughs> anymore. If you stop having, like, the weight of canon on it, and just appreciate it as a, a weird superhero movie. I think it's delightful. Yeah, and yeah. I, I hope you guys will think that that as well as we you know work our way through it. Yeah, yeah, because I I think that is basically our our goal this season is to get people to reassess this film and kind of see it more for what it is, mm-hmm. uh, on in its own right. And uh, I think that I think that it's a really weird and interesting movie. And certainly not as broken as as uh, legend has you to believe. Right. Exactly. Uh, uh, I mean, because one of the things like one of the big things that this movie like that people were, were waving this flag real hard mm-hmm. was too many villains. This movie yes. has too many villains. That's why it's a failure. Too many villains. Not enough time spent on the villains. Too many villains. Uh, I would argue that there's no such thing as too many villains. It's just how you use said villains and 
if you're looking at this movie structurally, there isn't too many villains because this movie only has one. <laughs> the symbiote is the only villain in this movie. Yeah. Sandman is not a villain. He's an obstacle. Yeah. He's a yep. thing for the hero to question everything that he knew about what it was to be a superhero. We all saw the end of this movie, right? Right, right. And right? New, New Goblin is yet another obstacle. The New Goblin storyline is just the Harry and Peter storyline in this movie. Yeah, it's not an extra villain no. plot. No. It's the the characters. Yeah, it's just it's just that Harry is uh, becoming like his father. Like that's what this is doing. He's not the villain of the movie. He's not even in. He's not a villain. He has no villainous plot. He's yeah. doing. It's all interpersonal stuff. Yeah. Um. It's it's not it's not the. There's only one villain in this movie. It's the symbiote. That's it. That is the yeah. villain. It's not Venom. Venom is not a villain either. It's the symbiote. No. The symbiote is the villain. Um, and uh, and I think that viewing the movie through that lens changes the way that you watch the movie. I think the way that yeah. that you interact with this film is like there there is only one villain in this movie. It's mm-hmm. the villain. The vil- villains in a movie are not all the th- all the people that the hero fights. <laughs> Right, the villain yeah. of the of the film is the antagonist, and the only antagonist of this film is the symbiote. That is the only character in this film that is forcing the main character to change and grow and learn uh, through through its uh, 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 antagonistic relationship with the character. Right? It's not right. Harry. Harry's not doing that. No. Um, Sandman's not doing that. Not really. You uh, know. Yeah. Um, it's it's the symbiote. So. Um, that's so. That's my sort of thesis statement of as far as the villains go. Uh, I like it with this film, and I and I think that as we go through it, we'll we'll see that to be um, more and more true. And I'm not saying that it's uh, perfect because no. there's definitely some some muddledness in here. Because like I like we've been saying, this is not a perfect movie by any stretch. Uh, but but I think that while it can be muddled at times, I think that you know at the end of the day. When you look at this movie and you look at structurally what it's trying to do, mm-hmm. um, that is that is what it's trying to do. The symbiote is the villain. Yeah. And the the other two, other three villains aren't villains in the uh, broadest sense of the word. They all represent other things in the right, story. Right, right. And, and coming at the film from a, not a generous perspective, but at, at least in open-minded one i i think you can get a lot out of this film even though it's not a film that you love mm-hmm. and i i think that's why we do these movies by minute podcasts anyway it's it's almost a better candidate for this type of um you know moment to moment analysis than a film that we like all universally know we like like and love a lot and haven't you know examined this way in in a long time so i i hope you guys will have fun uh, the way we're having fun looking at this movie uh, in a new light. And um, it's nice to be back. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think that's all we're going to talk about uh, for this particular episode, for this first mm. episode. Um, I think I'm going to save my uh, development uh, discussion for tomorrow's minute. Um, so we'll go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, if you guys want to, uh, share your thoughts on Spider-Man three, or, uh, maybe if you have opinions about, 
um, what we're uh, planning on doing uh, this this season. Are you are you upset that we're not just going to be like ripping on this movie all season long? <laughs> um, because I would argue that uh, maybe maybe you haven't been uh, paying attention to the kind of show that we uh, we run here. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, are you are you uh, upset with the direction that we're taking this this season? Do you do you not want to uh, defend this movie in any way, shape, or form? Um, I'll be interested to know uh, your thoughts. And uh, the best way to share those thoughts is not with a one-star uh, one-star review on iTunes. Uh, <laughs> it is Apple Podcasts. Sorry, Apple. Um, <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Uh, it is uh, joining our Facebook group uh, on, on Facebook, the Spider-Man Minute uh, Friendly Neighborhood Listeners Group on Facebook. Join that. And, uh, and, 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 you know, let us know, uh, what you're thinking. I think there's going to be a lot of interesting discussions this season about what's going on in this movie. Yeah. And I'm really excited to hear, uh, what our, what our listeners have to say, um, every day, uh, as we, yeah. uh, as we, as we make our way through this film, um, really, really looking forward to, uh, all of the discussions that are, I'm sure are going to be had on that group this season. I'm looking forward to the memes too. Yeah. This is a memeable movie. Oh Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah to say the least yeah absolutely um all right well uh i think that's that about does it then uh guys we will be back tomorrow with minute two bye everybody bye bye